Hi there, Randy Green here. Let us continue. I'm jumping to page 47, the collaborations between the LPU and the holographic metaverse and for the references between the humanoids and the true humans. As far as I recall it, I was part of the pro-elevation, meaning that group in meta councils that said, let the natural cycles of elevation and the natural cycles of progression run their course. I was not the supporter of the TDs. I was not supporter of the artificial means to upgrade the consciousness potentials of the three lineages. I already saw the flaws of the three lineages when they spilled over. I had my doubts from the very get-go. And for that very same reasons, I did not become part of the group of the 10 lineages that decided to recalibrate all together to start all over within the new universal structures. I took on the duty, as I saw it at the time, to keep my memories intact from this and previous cycles so that at least I would be ready and prepared for the time because I could look into the future and I could see how these three lineages somehow, somewhere, due to a series of choices, if they were taken, would become quite a challenge for the rest of us uh, inside the new universal cycles. And I did present that to the councils in the argument, whether or not to put them to stasis or to let them go through their different uh, upgrading enhancement projects. And for me, the enhancement projects were the first kickoff to the event lines and to the timelines that would lead to some very unfortunate futures. I would say though that the timeline event came in and also that to the worse, the, what I saw at the time was not to the degree as it has become now, but I kind of knew from the get-go of the universal cycles that somewhere close to the completion cycles of the universal structure, we would have issues that would play out in one way or another. There were many different variations of it, but they kind of all pointed in the same converging point where many timelines, uh, as we develop from different domain to domain, we create a lot of timelines or code streams with consciousness potentials. And eventually all of these different timelines must converge at some point, and that is the completion cycle. So the converging point of the different timelines can also be seen as nodal points where all of the ones that have been part of these different code streams, aka timelines, and all of their actions and their potentials on these timelines, once they converge, all the ones that were part of these timelines must meet up together in the completion cycle and there either undo the effects they have had on each other for positive or for worse, mainly for the part that had created distortion, undo the effects of this one, repair what has been damaged, either upgraded or disseminated so that it would no longer be a problem for the next cycles to come. That's part of the law of the cycles, that eventually whatever we have done must be looked upon, must be completed, must be either transformed, transmuted, eradicated or uplifted to the next version and the highest version of what we possibly can be. That's part of the progression rate, the highest progression rate that we always strive for. 
So with that understanding, I also saw that for me, beginning to tamper with the original laws would create side effects. Once you begin to change what the ancient ones had built and what the ancient one had agreed on, uh, this was the foundational layer of the universal cycles of these 12 cycles. And it was already agreed upon in the spillover process before we began to spread out, so to speak, from the core domains. So we had already agreed on that. And that's what the run through of the ancient ones were all about, laying that foundation we had all agreed upon. And these ancient ones, the first master builders, they were the top notch of the previous universal cycle. So they knew what they were doing. That's why they got that assignment. And once they were done with that, technically a pretty simple one, to be honest, uh, they were working within the energies of the previous universal cycles, but bringing it to the next level so it became possible to house what we understand as consciousness. And once it was done with that, then there was the other groups, as you recall, from Building Bridges to the Future, where I talk about the division of uh, the universal lineages. Then the, we had other groups of which I participated in the group that decided to keep the full memories. Similar as the, the master builders, they had the original knowledge of the previous universal cycles, but they only had that one assignment. And then they were done and they went into Prolier and they are in Prolier uh, at the core domains, going out, blasting through all the domains and the densities and, and what was there and the reality fields laying the foundation and then circle back and go into Prolier in stasis and waiting for the next cycle, the next universal cycles of which I keep saying 14, 16, 21, who knows how many, depending on how we are progressing from here. Perhaps even less, that's a possibility too. So they're there, they know how to build in energies and, and spatial energies, upgrading it to whole consciousness. And as we blast through and use their constructions, then what we achieve and what we have accomplished will then feedback loop into their holographic energy system and assist them in the next spillover where they will then become the laggards. They were the forerunners, the first shall be the last. So they were the first and they will be the last. And in the next universal cycle, they will be the ones that begins from the bottom. So in that we can say, well, there's always this, the ones that are the forerunners and the ones that are the laggards the ones that runs in first and are the prime of all evolution. And they are the ones that are left behind. And then they will be in the next time around, they will be the ones that begins at the bottom because then they have given, you know, like that, that, um, that type of uh, athletic run staffet, do you call it that? Where you have one that runs and you give the stick to another and then that person runs and it's a team effort. It's not about who who runs uh, the best in a way you can say, yes, you have lifted, you've taken one for the team, but you have done it as a teamwork. And if everybody does their very best, then the entire team will win, not just the individual person. So that's why we should all do our very best. And we also know that when we do teamwork, there's always the one that doesn't do the best. And we can then look at that person and say, and frown at that person. Or we can go in and say, okay, what is needed for that person to lift the task, to become part of the team? And that's, that's where we go in and say with the different assignments we took on to ourselves, as I call the vow in the spillover and the core domains. And we had that were part of the 12 universal lineages. And I talked about in the previous podcast how the humanoids created an artificial core domain, uh, Central Sun, where they coded in the purposes and functionalities of the different 
new lineages, they seeded into the LPU. Again, 10 lineages, the T10, D10 collective. And now you begin to understand the origin of the D10 collective. They also had groups from the D11 collective that were part of the original holographic metaverse level five or cycle, the fifth cycle, that had already access to the 511 pillar technology level. They joined the humanoids and became the D11 collective, later known inside the LPU as the groups from Vega. And if you ask me when we talk about the Lyran system, was it a unified, beautiful system? No, we had the D11 in the section we called Vega. And we had the D12 collectives, which were part of the holographic metaverse groups that came to assist in the LPU or in the universal matrix. The universal matrix is the same as the LPU. It's an artificially constructed construction that is built upon the original uh, engineering of the ancient ones, but reversed engineered to hold the ability to progress via technology. The biggest difference of all times, because the technology the ancient ones used for consciousness technology, and in that way, not machines. It depending on the type of consciousness that came into that reality field. And then a different section of that reality field would activate and teach the inhabitants how to progress and evolve inside that reality field that was purely made out of energy. Of course, technology is made out of energy too. But it's kind of a technology that can run on its own. You can call it augmented technology. It has a connection to the central sun that's artificially engineered. It has a reverse type of uh, engineered principles that are slowing down the progression rate. It has what we create as a slow down ability. So there is not a direct cause and effect, but a slowed down cause and effect rate that lessens the progression rate, that lessens the standards, and that lessens the purity rate. And that one already uh, given grounds for impurity. So altogether, that project was just, uh, in my personal opinion, as I felt back then also, not to the same emotional degree as I do in this life, because at that, back then I didn't have emotions as I have them now. But it did had a sense of what would be the proper um, uses of energy and consciousness. What would be the proper solution? What would be the one that leads to the highest good of the many? And from that, making decisions. And for that, also uh, arguing for that in the councils. Either way, since I had decided to have complete memories from previous universal cycles, which I have very vaguely in the background, it demands what we could call the correct energy and settings for me to re <coughs> sorry about that, to recall it and reconnect to it. And that's one of the, again, I also knew that if it would come to the situation where these groups would link back up to the previous universal cycles, then I would uh, become a sitting duck, as in I would then already have the configuration. And I began working with how could I avoid um, the reconfiguration of the previous universal cycles, let me put it this way. How could I engineer holographic energetic configuration that would allow me to maintain, maintain my memories, but not be affected by them? How could I engineer uh, a structure that would allow me to work with the previous cycles information systems, uh, if need be actually go in there, but not be uh, transformed by it, not 
reconfigure myself to it, not become part of it, not fall under what we could say the laws of uh, the law of participation. And in that way, you could say, well, was that engineering for the highest good of many? Later on, it actually came to be because that led me to be one of the master engineers of the restoration program after the timeline event, because that technology then became useful. I had already tried it out in many different ways. Um, from uh, from, uh, I'm not going to go into these different levels of my history, but let me put it this way. I tried it out to, sometimes to my own demise and other times uh, to my own functionality. And I traveled around uh, in the, the, the artificial, that's one of the reasons why I went to the Pleiadian system. That's a whole other story. And the, the difficulty with that one is that it both happens before the timeline event and after the timeline event. I had to make a lot of corrections after the timeline event. And I had to do stuff that to correct these original technologies into the now configuration after the timeline event. I had to enter into some timelines where I deliberately put myself in some pretty grave danger to accomplish what we call the configuration of that so I could break it down and reconfigure myself into my original configuration. So it took a lot of time to work with that. And that came in use. But again, as my history is, is that even though I argued for this in the council, since I was one of the few that remembered, and you see how that is played into my childhood, having knowledge that nobody else had, but knew I had to keep it as a secret while I was still working in my way to activate myself in a manner that I knew was mine. So I already had that strength because I already had worked with that technology uh, prior to the timeline event. So it was embedded already in my template structure when I entered into this reality field, which is why I entered into it and which is why I dared take on that mission to begin with. So this is also part of recalling who and what we are. The downside to that technology is it's limited to the universal matrix. It does not work anywhere else. So that means that's the downside for the other groups that are here. And that's also why whatever they've done to me, yes, I recalibrate, but it does not help them because it's limited to within specific types of timelines where that technology I built into my template works, but it doesn't work for them because it's not part of their template. So when they take and replicate from me, trying to, it's like trying to create some kind of immune system that they don't have by replicating mine and putting into theirs, then it doesn't work. You have to have built it yourself. You have to have engineered it yourself and you have to exemplify it. It took me a long time on many different timelines using these little uh, egg-shaped egg -shaped pods that you can travel between the different dimensions using the cosmic web, where you can travel wherever you want to go uh, on the cosmic web using this little egg pod. It's the form of an egg. And going there and place it on different timelines uh, in what we could kind of call specific nodal points where I could then create my own little hop as an access point where I could converge the timelines I've been working on artificially and then break them down, recalibrate myself and then go back out and begin again until I really had nailed it. So I artificially created a lot of lives where I could do that work so I could undo the configuration when whatever that catastrophe I could see that would hit us would come in the future. And that actually ended up being the timeline event. Okay, so that's 
that's where you can say, well, that's the positive side of me having my full memories of the previous universal cycles and everything that went wrong. The downside is that it is also what constantly pulls me due to the laws of energy and consciousness and the genetic and genetic affinity into some of the timelines and the issues with the previous universal races. Unfortunately, that's the, that's the downside of it. But when I engineered that, it was actually to try and help them. And that's why we come now with the collaborations between the humanoids and the humans. Because back then, before the timeline event, I decided because I had the memories and because I foresaw what could happen potentially, then I decided to assist the humanoids in their um, uh, attempts to try and uh, artificially enhance themselves using technologically enhanced genetics. In the perception logs, I talk about one of my colleagues or one from my lineage. I typically refer to him as my brother. He is my brother because we didn't have moms and dads, but it's just easier to say that one from our from, one from the same lineage as me chose to become part of their fifth cycle uh, D. 11 Collective on Vega, where he intersected and, and integrated humanoid genetics. Because of that, he then became a quite, quite prominent figure uh, after the timeline event. And unfortunately, he forgot his origin and began to associate himself with the humanoid genetics as they regressed in him and turned him into something entirely else. So by that, I suddenly was via my time uh, timeline linear lineage connection point, let's call it that way, due to the same origin of the holographic metaverse, soul group or lineage that we both came from, suddenly I got connected to one of the quote-unquote masterminds of some of the fallen timelines. Engineering some of the early super soldier quote-unquote projects merging avian genetics with mammal genetics and humanoid genetics to try and create a super race. That is what began in Vega. And that's why you can't, you will not have me saying that whatever was going on in the system of Lyra at the time under the big star of Vega was something I could support. I couldn't support that either. And that has led to some of the later hybrid projects. All of that, I'm again getting ahead of myself. But due to that, I also had a responsibility for what we could say a family member that led to some of the big uh, fall systems inside the uh, universal matrix. And when I talk about this, I also feel sadness. So this, this is where these, uh, this history affects us, the past actions, not just of ourselves, but also of others within our lineages. That affects us too. And that's part of a little bit of what we would call what is mirrored into the ancestral karma we have within our own families in this lifetime and how profoundly our family members affect us and who and what we are as we saw it in the case of the fetal pattern. So we are all intertwined and you can say that's the law of one if you like, but I don't go with that one because it's, it's the law of Ra and Ra is an avian and avian is connected to the avian civilizations, which has profound ties into progenitor races, profound ties into the elder races, profound ties into the colonizers. So I'm not, not on board with that one either. But I do say the law of the one, that is that each and one of us, what we engineer and what we create, we are the first of many. And that's why we should be very, very mindful of what we create, 
how we create it, and for what purpose we create it. And if we can't see what the outcome is of what we engineer or what we do, then we shouldn't do it at all. Because then, then it can cause tremendous, humongous, sorry about that, damage on all timelines if we don't really know what's going on. And if we at some point, as we saw it with the timeline event, as well as the universal matrix segregation from the, the holographic metaverse, if we understand that this is possible, then we should be even more cautious when we talk about uh, participating in different projects. What might be a good idea at the time, due to the laws of eternal existence and the law of association, should not always and is not always a good idea. Meaning that some of the ones that I used to work with in a holographic metaverse that shifted side and inserted TGs into their own holographic structure and became part of the holographic uh, replication of the, uh, the holographic metaverse called the less progressive universal structure or the universal matrix. And how they changed over the course of time. And even though some of them have now literally ended up in the, what we call the severely distorted timelines that, that took form after the timeline event. And we refer to these as angry ghosts and lost souls. These are lost holographic energetic structures that no longer can take on form and by that are so distorted and thwarted due to the timeline event that we can barely call them in any ways forms a consciousness structure. They are like wild beasts in all ways and forms that have no sanity whatsoever. But they used to be our brothers and sisters. So, so what do we do with that? And I still release them. I still recalibrate them to what they were. And if there's any viable genetics left, it will go back to the library. I still do that. I don't want to do it. I don't do it by my free will or choice. I do it because it comes into my field due to the laws of energetic and genetic affinity. Because they used to be part of the civilizations that were part of the lineages and the different reality fields that I used to be part of. One I used to know. Okay, so we talk about the converging uh, cycles uh, or converging point, the converging timelines into the completion cycles where all timelines meet up, create a sort of holographic nodal point in the holographic network where all can meet up, undo their unfulfilled and unfinished business, typically in the outer domain, shed off what no longer is of use, make up and find peace with what needs to be found peace with, release, let go of, assist the transfer back to the library, and with that, hopefully out through the gate system, what can be for those of us who took that onto us as a, as a job, or as a function, and I did that when I went into the Universal Matrix as part of the teams that entered in later on trying to help the humanoids back into or I didn't I didn't come with the purpose of saying, oh, yeah, cool. I'm here telling you what to do. And this is how you're going to get back into the cycle. So whatever you're doing here is completely wrong. What I'm doing is completely right. And what I do, you should do. That's that's not how I went in. But there, in the back of my consciousness, probability, wave, field, radiation, code system, 
blah, the back of my mind, that was probably what was there. Okay, so so I went in knowing this is not going to go well. And then you were saying, well, Randy, then you manifested it. Then you were the one that pushed it in and made it happen. No, it was looking into the future, looking into the future civilizations and what would come out of the reconfiguration, the coach dreams and the different circumstances that they were engineering and what it would lead to cause and effect. Just over many, many different types of timelines going into different types of nodal points, how it would evolve, spiral out into new civilizations and new reality fields, creating a bunch of timelines, gathering together again, elevate and fall apart, spiral out again, accrete new material and onward and so forth until it had emptied out its viability rate and what would then be left, what type of consciousness potentials would then be left, what type of transformative processes would have been unfolded and to what degree elevating or devolving. And the outcome on all of this was, and it's not because I had that, as we see it in scientists that kind of say, oh yeah, I'm, I, I want to figure this one out. And then they, they kind of create a cycle, um, a hermeneutic cycle where they begin with ideas and then of course they end up just uh, unfolding circle ideas, their own ideas and confirming their own ideas because they had to begin with and influence their exper experiment by that doing. It's dissimilar that way because in the holographic principles and the holographic universal structures, what you are will ripple out right away. So it would be clear that this is what would happen. So what I would do is that I would put everything aside and just put it into the, we did have technology that were able and capable of looking into the prospected future, similar like you have a computer that calculates the outcome or a quantum computer, similar to that structure, and then run through all the probabilities and simulations and ran all these programs with the data and the parameters that I put in and the type of consciousness structure that was already there and the type of genetics that engineered and the type of technologies and editing all up and see what it unfolded into these simula simulated realities. So you see that, so whatever's going on now is just something we already had as part of the advanced civilizations um, in the original holographic metaverse. So we already had these complex uh, scientific um, technologies also in the holographic metaverse. That's where the LPU races got their technology from, but we didn't use it to enhance our genetics. And that was the, that was the, new, the breaking point there. That was what was um, completely new, using it to enhance the genetics. That had been done in a dissimilar version in the previous universal cycles, except that we didn't have consciousness units at the time. There we had what we call intelligent energy, which we typically see in lesser life forms on our planet as well. It's not conscious, it doesn't progress, it doesn't evolve, but it has a kind of imprint, it has a kind of mechanic and some dynamics that allow such process information in specific ways, similar as we see it in the androids. But it's not self-learning, it's not sentient in that manner. It does have a sense of self, but it doesn't have a sense of a progressive, dynamic, self-adjusting, evolving self. That's a huge difference between these two types of consciousness or awareness structures, let's call it awareness, to make it a joint language, where one is what we call intelligent energy and the other one is energy and consciousness that allows for progression, that allows for evolving, that allows for elevation or ascension, as we call it. The previous universal cycles were pretty stationary. They did not have the same elevation dynamics. 
but they have spatial features and the dynamics of the different reality fields and where energy could evolve, so to speak, into different types of configuration. And that is what the master builders took with them, that ability to understand. So they mastered how to tailor and make architecture and unfold it into reality fields. That was what they were the masters of, why they spilled over with all of that knowledge. I had to some degree similar knowledge, but I had a different uh, let me put it this way. If you were to say, well, what, what were your functionalities in previous universal structure? Uh, I'm sorry to say I was a scientist and I was a warrior. So unfortunately, I was part of the many, 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 <laughs> many wars that were played out at the time. So it's so nothing to be proud of. Not in saying, oh, hoo, hoo, I want to go back to being that. And that's a good thing. Because in a way, not that I have, uh, what we say, shame about it, but I have remorse. I have remorse of what we did. I had remorse of the loss of lives. I had remorse of the way we demolished the worlds. I have remorse about the way we treated each other. And I brought all of that pain with me into the new technologies we call the heart field of the Kalikar code, which I was part of engineering as well, to make sure that war would not be what we would choose. And I carried the pain with me as a memory, as a battle wound of never ever to go back and do that again. And unfortunately, here as I have been activated into the wrongful timelines, they knew I had that. So they focused on these abilities and used that, that strength, thinking that that was my secret weapon, quote unquote, technology that I had. But the matter of the fact is the, the most prominent technology I had was my immunity towards the energy units that came out of the timeline event, as I explained. Okay, so with that little bit of, of long um, explanations here, I am on page 47. And here I talk about the collaborations between the humanoids and the true humans. So eventually the races of the two verses got accustomed to the new set to the new setup. It was a simple fact that the fifth cycle, the fifth evolutionary cycle, had got a twist to the original plan of the cycles, leaving a division of the soul races stuck in the third elevation cycle in a whole new universe, the universal matrix, and the remaining true human races of the holographic metaverse to continue into the fourth elevation cycle. The fourth elevation cycle of the major fifth evolutionary cycle is the cycle where the soul races are to get all of their animal genetics, which we've referred to as the previous universal cycles, transformed to be able to produce the true human genetics. And by this, take on a higher energetic type of form, having the holographic resonance field level four as the lowest leveled resonance fields getting ready to transit into the sixth evolutionary cycle through the remaining minor fifths, sixth and seven elevation cycles. In the third elevation cycle, the light coding is transformed by the mammal genetics getting ready to be able to hold the light units of the true human genetics. The races of the two verses had agreed to continue the, to collaborate since they came from the same metaverse. We came from the same 12 lineages. The collaboration was instigated by the less progressive reality field five councils and 
the less progressive reality field for races that still remembered and had the LPR3 acted as intermediaries between the higher LPU reality fields and the LPF2s. We're here talking about internal structures inside the universal structures. Um, I'll leave it at that, the universal matrix. I'll leave it at that. It's a little bit clunky written, but um, go with this that there were groups inside the new universal matrix on level 5 and level 4 and level 3 and level 2. Stellar, galactic, um, and universal as well as the core domains. And the top level of the central sun and all the technologies are kind of what... Uh, what would they call it, uh, the, the super council, something like that, the top level of the universal matrix. And they're all of their, uh, what we could say, the groups that still, that technically came from the holographic metaverse. Some of them decided not to completely reconfigure to the central sun, but only what was necessary. Some of them only made a holographic overlay so that they, they kind of had this, what we could call a getaway, um, possibility with keeping their original holographic energetic structure and only inserting what we call a holographic overlay, laying the foundation for the later technology of the holographic overlay. So you kind of see most of the technology that's in use now to suppress us were actually created a very, very long time ago. What's created within the cycles must remain within the cycles and it must play out its role from when it's seeded under the law of the one until it meets up again with the one that created. So the one that created can finally uncreate it. That's unfortunately also the, the law of the cycles that what you seed in, you must eventually face up with, if not earlier, then at the last completion cycle where you are to face up with all of your choices, all of your actions, every single thing you have created and uncreated and figure out what is to keep and what is to be let go of. So as things progressed in the metaverse and the higher reality fields of the less progressive universe, new solutions were needed to meet the demand of the issues of the less progressive reality field two races, the stellar races, that slowly but surely got stuck in the evolution of the lesser progressive dynamics and the lesser progressive types of genetics within the level two reality fields of the universal matrix. Most of the density two races, let us just call it that, had forgotten all about the goal of the third elevation cycle and got lost of, um, if nothing was, or would get lost if nothing was done to a system. So that's kind of where I come in. But this is with the first one that, that did, the first delegation that went into the LPU was, uh, as I call him, my brother, one of my lineage from the 511 pillar. And he took with them a group of scientists that was to assist the, the LPR5 level um, producing new types of inserts to the central sun that would recalibrate the, the ray technology to be able to unfold different types of consciousness potentials as an attempt to revive the consciousness possibilities that got more and more lost as nobody was using it inside the LPU. So we could say that they segregated and quickly due to the reverse engineering 
lost contact with their core domain, and then it rippled into what we call the level four races that also lost contact with the understanding where they came from. And then we suddenly had that divide where they lost uh, the understanding of what the source of the LPU actually was, the central sun, and then began to see it as something that was dissimilar to them that they were disconnected from. So when we talk about people that are having this understanding of being spawned from the source, it comes from some of the humanoid lineages that at the time completely forgot that they actually had engineered the central sun and that they had coded it in that manner, but they lost a connection to it because it was not working well. And that's why some of the groups from the holographic metaverse decided to go into the LPU or the universal matrix and assist that. And that became part of Vega. That's Vega was technically what we call the first workstation that's seated in what we call a new version of the 511 pillar inside the LPU. And the lowest point of that one was the series system. And I'm here giving you some very, very important information. So Sirius and Vega was interconnected. And Lyra, the, the rest of Lyra and the Pleiadian systems were interconnected. The Vega system, the 511 pillar, goes from a version of the Syrian B uh, star to Vega. And the Pleiadian system, not the one we have on the sky now, but the original one went from a six-dimensional version of the Pleiadian system to the rest of Lyra that were the workstations for the true human races that came in. So we established two types of workstations within the LPU on the top level. We decided to keep uh, a workstation that were under the true humans, of which I was part, a new pillar project. And then we had the, the Vega lineage on the 511 pillars that had their anchor point into what we could call the density two level of the universal matrix in the series system. And they became the Siren workstations. Now here refer to them as the LPR3 Siren workstations. And that's because in the beginning they were connected to the inner domains, but eventually after the timeline event, they got pushed into the middle domain. So here we have a lot of LPF2 and LPF3 and a lot of confusing around that one. But let us just say to short all of that, very complex, different words, very short, that um, the present-day six-dimensional races of the density 2 are known as the Series A and Series B races. Now, today, they are in the fifth dimension. So, when I wrote this, they were in the sixth dimension. What they are now is in the fifth dimension. So, how can it be that a 511 pillar were seated into the middle domain on what we call the fifth dimension, when they're technically a six-dimensional race? In a way, this goes with the laws of the, the different levels of reality field. You have your organic vessel in one version of the domains. You have your consciousness potential in another level of the domains. Technically, often referred to as the holographic imprint you have stored in the library. And the library is always in the sixth dimension. So in that way, they are six-dimensional races. So in each domain, the highest level of the domain is always the library. And these libraries goes into the different groups that are connected to the different levels. And I hear no, it sounds clunky again, and it's not easy to understand. And this is because in the book, The Souls of Humanity, I was trying to use what we know today and tailor it into an understanding of how it used to be. 
Point being, the series system as it were back then was one megastar. It was not divided into series A or series B or series C. That is an effect that came after the timeline event. And we had, now after the timeline event, we then had the rising of the series A and the series B races. And they were part of the series B races were aligned with the Vega system. And the series A races were more aligned with the Pleiadian system. Because the middle domain at that point were technically uh, the unified field in the LPU or the universal matrix, where you could say you had two branches, the, the, the group from the Lyron Collective that worked into the Pleiadian system, of which I worked, that were more aligned with the true human ideas, but in a, what we call LPU version, but without the amount and use of TGs that changed later on. And then you had the technological infused races from the Vega system down to the series system. And they were working to upgrade the technologies to reconnect to the central sun and understanding how to reconnect to the central sun using consciousness and not just uh, artificial means as it had come to be. So it quickly deteriorated into these two different groups and they became what we call estranged from each other. And as the Pleiadian system got irradiated uh, later on as part of the timeline event uh, aftermath situations, then the series A is, um, civilizations decided to use TGs as well and then became more aligned with the C and B races that they were. But they, due to their origin with the Pleiadian uh, civilizations, they created a new branch and the series A in our system were part of the masterminds behind the reseeding and with that also used TGs to enhance and upgrade what was left of uh, some of the templates of the Atlantis and onward and so forth. And they became part of what we call the elder races or the progenitors. But as they regressed further, they kind of lost the original purpose of what they're doing and segregated themselves to the Pleiadian system. So even though we have things that are working together at some point, they unfortunately have a tendency as they regress to work against each other and by that uh, begin to dispute uh, the decisions that they had as a team and then begin to segregate and then argue and war against each other. Unfortunately, have we seen that quite a lot. Okay, so I talk a lot uh, in the next following pages on the different types of uh, settlements that were part of the, at the time, LPR3 or the, the galactic level. So we're here when I talk about the LPF3, we're technically talking about the galactic level. When we're talking about LPF2, we're talking about the stellar level. And when we're talking about LPF1, we're talking about the terrestrial level. Uh, in the original the Zero Star Cluster system, they, they, it was, as I said, it had different forms of um, configurations that I explain in the source of humanity. I'll not go into it here because I've made some illustrations that I'm not be will be able to to put here into this material. But I urge you to read read it yourself and and see what you make of it. I could, um, as I have been suggested, I could rewrite an entire book, but then it uh, it will it will remain as it is. But once you read history. It can always be done better. You can always 
make more uh, details into it, you will also discover as you discover your own history that when you enter into it, you will see it from one angle and then you develop other levels of your template structure and you will then discover other angles. And then you are to question yourself that that version of history, does that then make it untrue? No, just make it as this is how you perceived at the time. And this book is how I perceived history at the time. Today, I would probably, due to the more nuanced uh, understanding I have of things, I probably say things a little bit different. And there are things I've completely forgotten today. And when I read the book, The Souls of Humanity, I think, wow, did I have the memory of that at that time? I don't have that memory anymore because of all the things I've gone through that have changed my holographic energetic architecture. But what was important about the LPR3 uh, Syrian workstations, as well as I hear talk about Maldak, I talk about the original construction of our solar system before the timeline event, is that we had groups from the original holographic metaverse that chose to work with the different groups that were here, um, as well as the civilizations on Maldak, as well as the civilizations on Mars. and. Um, some of the races I recall being there. And I want to talk a little bit about the Maldakians. And again, bear in mind the technicalities here, I would probably write it differently today. But the LPR3 Reptoid Settlements on Maldak. The mixed core generated a possibility. When I talk about the Syrian workstation, I talk about the star cluster and the different types of mixed core that the Syrian system technically became part of. It held the configuration of the holographic metaverse that was imbued into it uh, due to my brother and his engineering. And then we had the, 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 the LPU matrix configuration there as well. So the Syrian system became important because it became the new hub between the holographic metaverse and the LPU. And with that, there were different groups that worked there. So the Serum workstations became quite uh, important. And you can look at it as a, as a kind of uh, very advanced civilization, not, not like we would see our planetary system here today because it was very uh, different at the time. So, but it was important. So, so that became the hub of the universal structure between the holographic metaverse as well as the LPU. It became the gate system, the main gate system into the LPU from the holographic metaverse. Then we had the LPR3, and that means that they are from the reality field level three, which later on after the timeline event became the galactic level. But at the time, it was not felt as galactic because galaxies didn't exist um, <laughs> before the timeline event. But Maldak as a reality field, not as a planet, but as a reality field existed. And it was connected to the dimensions 7, 8 and 9. But the physical manifestation of it was in the middle domain as in dimension 4, 5 and 6. It was technically positioned within what we understand. The physical reality field levels was positioned within the fifth dimension. But their vibrational field and their consciousness potentials uh, linked up to the artificial central sun, but imbued with uh, different types of uh, enhanced genetics from the holographic metaverse were connected to dimension seven, eight, and nine. So that meant they had a vibrational field that were very advanced, but they had an organic form that was settled in the fifth dimension. And that's part of the fifth cycle where you have an organic vessel that is a fifth cycle vessel, 
but the template structure in the holographic energy system then is expanded into many other different types of, of dimensions. And then if we ask as a race, what kind of group would we classify them? Would there be LPF2 or LPF3? Well, at the time, the different LPF1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 levels, I explained that in the template science course material as well as in transition sciences, would about the consciousness level. Similarly, as we now talk about densities, the densities are connected to consciousness potentials, whereas the dimensions are connected to the holographic energetic units and the reality fields that are part of. So we do that distinction here. So we could say Maldak was in the fifth dimension, the planetary holographic reality field was in the fifth, but the consciousness potentials were linked up to LPR3. That is density three, the consciousness, the ability to hold awareness in what we would understand as the galactic level. We could call it great minds and small bodies if you like. So the mixed core of the, the series system, the series workstations, uh, aligned with some of the different groups that were inside our solar system. And we're here talking about the early version of the solar system before the timeline event. And here again, I talk about the avian reptile and mantle soul genetics um, as they began to unfold within the groups of the universal matrix. And I refer to them as that. But if I look at them and say, were they avian in the manner that we understand a bird? No, not at all. But they had features that later on became more prominent as they regressed more. They began to take on these features. In the beginning, they were humanoids uh, that did not have what we call animalistic features. But they quickly regressed into that due to the um, slower progression rate as well as the slowdown of the holographic energetic units. And as I said, after the timeline, even they begin to regress and really revert into these previous stages where they not only had what we call the consciousness potentials that were insectoid, avian, reptoid, or mammal, these are consciousness potentials, the soul genetics, but they also began to take physical appearance according to their type of consciousness potentials. So in a way, you can say that the organic vessel is a replication of the consciousness potentials. Of course, not clearly uh, in that way in the reality field we have today. Okay, so with that group, I will go a little bit into um, the understanding of some of the reptile settlements on Maldak and go into some of the ideas of some of the groups on Mars. And with that, read a little bit of how I see it. And again, I've given here the background understanding of the different humanoids and the features and why they changed into a different type of uh, organic vessel altogether. Uh, and we are still before the timeline event. And there are um, seedings or uh, ideas there that just, they were already existing before the timeline event, but they became more prominent after the timeline event. So with that said, until next time, take care.